Twitter at City973. City 97.3. More variety. City 97.3. Accra. City 97.3. More variety. It's Tuesday evening. The city, of course, is Accra, but you can hear me from anywhere around the globe if you are locked into the show. This is your number one technology conversation on Ghana Radio, available to you all across the globe. Welcome to City Trends. Welcome to the show. My name is Philip Ashon. On the show today, we talk about the future of looks like and try to paint a realistic picture of where Ghana is in that particular conversation and what needs to improve. Cecil Senanutako is the founding CEO of eCampus LLC and he joins me on the show to discuss this issue and much more. We have the trending, the apps and your tech segments coming up. But for now, let's get into the how-to segment of the show. Welcome to the how-to segment on City Trends. This evening, we are looking at how to clean up excess data on your mobile devices. Do you know how many apps you have on your phone? Take your phone now and count. Are they higher than you expected? How exposed are you to data collection? The more apps you have, the more your data builds up and the more companies will have access to them. The important thing is to cleanse your system of the excesses. First, ask yourself if you really need the app and when you last used it. Then, look at the kind of data it collects, who is behind it, and whether or not you can get an alternative. If any app is not worth keeping, delete it. If there are any apps you can't live without, just review their permissions. Never leave too much to chance. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Well, and there have been many people who have spoken on the possible future of what education is to look like or should 
look like now from the technology to be used to how efficient it should be lots and lots of people have spoken about it the tools will be endless but how are we primed to benefit from the future of education if we are even in a position to benefit from it how will the curriculum change to suit it the ges launched a new curriculum for primary schools in april of this year to quote unquote help address deficiencies in the educational system and prepare ghanaian students to compete favorably with their global and counterparts now, the themes included literacy, numeracy, our world, our people, and creative arts. The GS also says that fewer concepts and more in-depth treatment of concepts in each subject will be done. But what does that even mean for our children and our educational setup in Ghana? Cecil Sena Nutako is the founding CEO of eCampus LLC, and he's my guest in the studio to discuss these issues and much more. Cecil? Such a pleasure to have you. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Now, thank you. Let's let's kick things off from where we just left off. Of course. The GES says, you know, they have a new curriculum, it's looking into the future, it's going to try to bring a certain level of parity between Ghanaian students and their global counterparts and things like that. Paint us a picture of what the future of education really looks like and and then let's see if our new quote unquote curriculum sort of puts us in a better position to prepare us for that kind of future. What what does the future of education look like? Okay, so thanks again. Uh, one thing I like to make clear to a lot of people is learning is different from education. Mm. Mm. Most of the time we, we, we combine those two as one. Mm. So let me just, so just so it's not coming from me, this is what the Oxford Dictionary says. Right. So learning is the acquisition of knowledge either through experience, study, and or being taught that's mm. learning mm. now on the other hand education is the process mm. of receiving or giving systematic instructions especially at a school or university mm. you see the difference mm. Mm. the difference here is let's pay attention to these two keywords that creates the difference mm. process and acquisition yeah. so education is a process systematic instruction giving process and then learning is acquisition. Acquisition of the knowledge. So if education is a process, then that presumes it, it has a start and a finish. Mm. But learning is acquisition and it's internal. Right. You learn every day. You learn. So education is an attempt to structure learning. Mm. Mm. And mm. that's where we get it wrong. Mm. And it's not our fault because human beings evolve. So maybe... In the past, especially the industrial age, the structure they had, the process they had called education mm. to structure learning, mm. which will happen anyways because we human we learn, mm. is out of date. Mm. So it needs to be restructured right. for the new generation X right. and the generations that will come after us. Right. So what we're doing now is just doing quick fixes, right, for an education system that was designed for the industrial age. Right. That's why we're going through all these issues. Mm. In the industrial age, taking strict instructions, following strict rules was the norm. Right. Formalized. Mm. A, B, then it's time. Fine. We are in a world which is so dynamic. Right. So much information is out Everywhere. there. There's so many tools out there. You can't structure it. It has to be informal. Mm. So the future of learning 
which is much more important, is personalized, adaptive, and informal learning. Personalized, adaptive, and informal learning. And informal what we have today is formal, structured, instructional-based process mm. of learning. Mm. Mm. Right? Um, so, just to put it in perspective, right, there are tools. Let's say my grandmother, let's say a rigid grandmother, she will still put a pot on fire, pour water in it, wait for 20 minutes just to make tea. Mm. Right? Whilst my six-year-old friend would just go to the what, water dispenser and press hot water and make tea in less than one minute. Mm. But because oh, grandma is so rigid in that, this is how hey, we do it. So mm. she will still wait 20 minutes to boil water, to do tea, whilst the uh, water dispenser is standing right by her. Mm. So that's how rigid education has become. The system. The system, the mm. process. Mm. So education is the process, right? But learning, if you are free to learn, is very informal. You figure it out. Ah, that's water dispenser. They say hot. It makes more sense. Yeah, why should yes, I go faster. and heat water? But because the process that took that grandmother through an education that says you boil the water, you do like this, and that has, once she's gone through it from start to finish, mm. you dare challenge her credentials. She mm. will refer you right now. You know mm. when I went to school? You know, aha. <laughs> so to GES, mm. if they are changing the curriculum or improving it, mm. it's a good news. Mm. Because like I said, it's okay for processes to fail sometimes. Mm. That is why you need to improve them, fine-tune them. And I'm referring to process here as education. Right. So if they're improving the process so that the curriculum reflects what the current status quo is, which is clearly no more industrial age, mm. then that's a good news. Mm. Mm. We just need mm. to look at the details and mm. what other tools they will be applying to it. But the fact that the curriculum is changing, I'm very excited about that. Interesting. Well, I mean... Back back to by and, and it's good that we have this as a basis yeah. which we can build everything exactly. else upon. So I guess then my question is then I don't know whether I should change it to be what does the future of learning look like? Or mm -hmm. what does the future of education mm -hmm. look like? Because the systems like you say are going to constantly be changing. They're going to be personalized, they're going to be adaptive, and they're going to be informal. That's for learning. That's for learning. So if learning is a natural process, mm. there are too many things you know you don't even remember how you learn them. Mm. So if learning is a natural process and you humans claim you are civilized, so you want to structure that natural process, right. that's why you created education. Right. So if natural process, now we want it personalized, adaptive, and informal, then you have to strike, if you are going to build a process to structure it, then build it around that. Right. Don't force me to ongo my natural way. Mm. If I want to pee, I want to pee. Mm. You can't prevail. It's a natural process. Right. Now, naturally, the generation wants to learn, personalize their learning. Right. They want to learn when they want to learn, what they want to learn, how what they time they want to learn. What format exactly. they want to Exactly. And it has to be mm. adapted to them. That mm. today, this is how he feels. So this mm. is how he wants. He wants mm. to watch video. Mm. He wants to play video game and learn from it. He doesn't mm. want to do the normal reading. Mm. And it has to be informal. He wants to be in his bed, right. relax. Or chatting with his friends and mm. his learning. He doesn't have to come and sit in rows and lines and sit two hours straight. No. So if this is the natural process and you are on you are changing the natural process, you always create the you wrong to people. Have a conflict. That is what is happening globally. It's not mm. just Ghana alone problem. Mm. It's a huge problem. Mm. We civilized humans, in quote, we just want to change natural processes and we create confusion everywhere. A number of factors. Poorly trained teachers and administrators 
and the resource infrastructure, outdated roads-based curricula that do not teach skills relevant to today's economies. These are the realities that we face of on a daily basis. How will this all play out? So, back to the basics. I like to take it that way. If today, the human, you have the good intention to help, mm. to help structure the way they acquire knowledge, once it's personalized, once it's adaptive and informal. So if you're going to train teachers to train such a person, how do you train the teacher? Mm. What kind of tools do you expose the teacher to? Mm. What kind of skills do mm. you give that teacher to be able to deliver what the generation wants? Mm. Personalized, adaptive, and informal. Right. You get the dynamics. Right. If you're going to build a classroom, or you're going to build a learning infrastructure, mm. how do you build, how do you design so that what it enhances what the learner wants? Because the learner is the person you are trying to help here. Mm. Right? So... I keep saying, what if they don't even need to go to school, but the school has to follow them everywhere they go? Mm. How can we create such a system where I don't have to go to school, but the school comes to me? The school follows me wherever I go, so I learn. Mm. Because that's how I want. I want to be free. I want to be very flexible. I want to go and see grandma. I haven't seen grandma in, what, six months because, well, I have to go to school until I vacate before I see grandma. It's too mm. rigid. But why can't I go and see grandma and the school rather come to me and follow me? So we need to rethink, but the thinking must be based on what is the trend. People are more concerned about how they personalize their learning, how adaptive it is to them, and how informal it should be. Mm. It's, it's, I mean, some people might say there is the fear that if we're going to be constantly changing, then that makes it kind of difficult because, I mean, it's not like you're dealing with five people or... 10 people you're dealing with masses of people and if it's a system that is going to continuously change so for example people talk about um what kind of books are we going to have for example to send to the schools how is the curriculum going to be like like people have those sort of questions and i'm just wondering how we can how we can equalize all of that how can we get to the point where the system can change so rapidly with with changing times so the good news is the technologies are there. Mm. It can actually happen. Curriculum should evolve in real time. Mm. And that is very possible. That's a technology to do it. Mm. So I'll walk you through just a few, like I would, two, I three. Think, I right? think that would be great. So take, for example, brain-computer interface, mm. which is a, a, a technology. It's a medium. As we sit here, we are all emitting waves mm. from our brain, our skulls. In that wave, there is information about your attentive how you are processing what I'm saying, how your emotions are, how you feel, even the words I'm using, is it triggering good feeling, bad feeling? So there are devices that can measure that wave. Mm. And we are getting close even to phones. Now I have two of them. You wear it around your ear, like the way you wear those uh, hands-free things, mm -hmm. and then comes a little bit to the forehead and it picks those things from you. Mm. Right Now they're making it even much more simpler. And Apple has made it even much more simpler. Now that you are, we are able to authenticate the Apple phone with our, our facial, yeah, facial expression, eventually, yeah. whilst you are watching the phone, we can be picking your brain waves to mm. BCI mm. and then process that brain wave. And based on your mood, your attention at that point, your concentration, mm. if I'm teaching you photosynthesis, based on that, I'll still teach you photosynthesis, but I'll use different examples 
based I'll on I'll use different choice of words learning. that right. you, you can adapt to. Mm. Maybe me, I can't if you use some high brothel, I won't get it. Right. But because I'm able to pick that brain wave from you and process it, mm. the same content or the same topic or principle I'm teaching you, I am using different language, different tone, right? Different examples to explain the same thing to you. Mm. Mm. That is how adaptive learning is going to be mm. at that level. And that personalized because it's that very personalized on, on the, the individual, price. individual. So if we have a learning environment where we have this brain, the BCI, what sensors all over the place, and it's able to process that immediately, and that determines what appears on the screen for mm. that particular child. Then mm. if the child goes through that and has questions, that's where what a trained teacher comes in. Mm. Mm. So teachers are very important. They will never go away. We need them. And everybody is a teacher because in the future of learning, both students and teacher are the same. There's no different because the teacher is learning from the student. The student is learning from the teacher. That's how learning is going to be. And we can start preparing for that. Just BCI can give you that level of personalization. Now, as a machine learning, artificial intelligence, most people have heard of it. All machine learning, artificial intelligence, that is to what? process huge data, data and make sense out of it. Mm. So all these brain waves that BCI has picked from more than a million learners all over, we keep that data. Then we give that to machine learning, artificial intelligence, deep learning to analyze that and even tell me 50 years from today, if these people are behaving this way, what are the trends? So we can try to what, adapt in real time. Mm. So the technologies are there, very basically. They are there. One thing I like to tell people when we're talking about these things are, yes, we have a lot of what technology out there to solve these problems, but there's one basic technology people tend to ignore, mm. electricity, mm -hmm. mm. power. Mm. So in our reality, <laughs> in Ghana, right, if we need to get this technology to every student mm. in primary school, we will have challenges with electricity. Mm. But even in that, there's wireless electricity being researched. Mm. Tests have been done. Mm. So that the cost of laying all those cables will be no more necessary. Mm. So with wireless electricity, we can solve those other problems. So I'm bringing in this because if you're going to prepare for the future of learning, we can't do that without paying attention to electricity as well. Of course. I mean, those yeah. are the basics, basics before you build anything exactly. on top so, of that. So without yeah. access to electricity and without access to certain basic amenities, becomes very difficult. it's almost impossible for exactly. anybody to even spend the time to think about um, having some of these technologies. Well, listeners, you're still tuning to City Trends on 97.3 City FM. We're having a conversation with Cecil Nutako, and we're talking about the future of learning, future of education. Yeah. And we started a conversation by trying to understand the difference between learning and education and basically that is the tangent that we are we are moving on so you, you you talk about a number of interesting concepts but i'm just wondering what kind of institutions globally are currently leading the charge with these changes in learning that we are seeing so the, or at least we should expect yeah so i have experience at first hand mm. right uh, at singularity university mm. uh, when i went to do my postgraduate diploma in exponential technologies mm. So some of the things these this institutions are trying to achieve is to create virtual worlds, mm. right? 
perpetual experiences because clearly humans will learn faster through experiences. So if we can take some theories and concepts and virtualize them and immerse you in that experience, you're able to learn faster because you're not just learning by your, 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 your you're using all your senses. Mm. So virtual reality is being used very heavily. And augmented reality. And augmented reality used very heavily. So they're trying to find a way. That's why we're looking at in the future, the schools would rather be following the students, not the students going to the school. So once I have my virtual reality gear, that's it. So whatever content is it that I need to experience, if it's engineering and I have to learn about semiconductors, right? Depending on my brainwave, the, the mood I'm in and what I'm feeling, that is what the experience of VR will give me. And I actually live the experience and actually kind of like you... You feel you've actually done it. Mm. And with augmented reality, I'm able to actually implement some of the things I'm learning immediately. Mm. So, for example, the what's in front of you? What is the it console. The console in front of you has so many buttons. This is my first time. I probably don't even know. Maybe I'll try and figure out volume, but I don't know what the rest can do. Mm. But if you give me augmented reality and we take the manual of this mm. and we put into augmented reality and I wear the glasses... Once I bury my hair, it will show me that green means what? Maybe more volume. Yellow means play the other thing. So I've never been to this. I've never done radio before. But just with the aid of augmented reality, I can handle your show like your, your mm. pre-producer. Pe, pe, pe. Mm. I can actually use that to assemble a jet engine without doing engineering. Mm. Because it says anywhere you see green, screw green. Anywhere you see blue, screw blue. Mm. That's because the manual has been what? Taken from paper, which is reading and trying to think and understand mm. and being converted toward an experience where you can just look and do, mm. look and do, look and do. So imagine what this can do for the industrialization of Ghana. Well, one of the things that you know <laughs> pops up in these conversations, the grading systems. Yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, get to that. In a, in a situation like this, <laughs> yeah. in a situation where, for example, like you're saying, someone wants to learn how to manage a console in a radio station, puts on a VR headset or yeah. where you AR know, has you know an AR headset where you know they have all these um, heads-up displays and yeah. things like that, or they are given this experience of managing a, a, a radio studio. How are they going to be graded? At the end of the day? So another thing that is going to happen. Right, in the future is there will be no need for grades. Mm. Singapore has already done it two weeks ago. All right. So two weeks ago the government of Singapore has declared that nobody gets a report card. And they will not be giving first, second, third, where the third best he said learning is not a competition. Mm. So they've done it. All right. What we should or what is probably gonna be the trend in the future of learning mm. in terms of assessment, because assessment is still important, mm. would be we'll be learning from games. So we're gonna be heavily dependent on point systems. See it's more like your credit history. Mm. You know, these days if you want to uh, do any business or borrow money, they look at your credit history, right? Exactly. So now something similar like that where anything you do, anything you consume, anything you react to, right, you earn some points throughout your life. Mm. So when I need you in a certain environment, back to the radio thing, if I want to hire you to come help me run a radio station, mm. I'm going to look at your history 
the points you've earned, things in you've done in areas. that area. Right. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, this is quite interesting. So it is not a one-day thing you sit down and they grade you and say, you have no, 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 no. And it will get to a point where even with the radio, we'll be able to tell step, let's say, let me break it down to this point. Let's say with radio, for example, okay, I'm, I'm not good at radio. Let me use something that I fully <laughs> understand yeah. so that I can break it down for you. Mm. Okay, let's say you had you have an MBA in what? Uh, business management or MBA in accounting. So you get first class. Okay, fine. Now, if I want to hire you, with the future of learning point systems, I'll be able to know that even the accounting that I had your first class, you are more, you are stronger at what? Double entry. Because double entry had more points. And then when it comes to financial reporting, you didn't have a lot of good points. Mm. I get my way. That very detail. When it comes to uh, bookkeeping, you were average. So if I want to use you, where will I put you? I'll put you our double entry because that's where your, that's strength, where your strength is. is. But our current grading might not be able to give you that detail mm. to use people for specialized Especially when the, grading, when, when the point system is over a period of time and not necessarily based on you being in school and learning something in particular. Interesting. So those Interesting. Are, th that's how the future is going to be like. So mm. if I need you, to, if you need me to do something for you, you just go check my and it will be all over because mm. it will be on blockchain so everybody mm. can access your credit history. So let's for this for the matter of this conversation, you can call it credit history or yeah. let's say your learning history or right. something like that. So that's where we are going with these things. One of the things, educational content and its relevance for today's world. We have the situation where and, and people have, you know, complained and talked about it in a while and um, for a while whereby some of the things that are taught in schools are not necessarily reflective of what the reality on the ground is whereby you go to a school a university and you graduate with a degree in um, sociology or something and the things that you studied are not necessarily reflective of what the reality on the ground is i.e you know job placements and job opportunities and things like that what is the future of work and what's the future of of education and learning going to be doing about about concepts and things like that so relevance is very key now there are some very specialized skills like doctor lawyers accountants right those until ai we, we until we we're able to feed ai to that level those ones who still need this structured environment because those principles don't change most of it but in the more diverse where world where there are very interesting careers popping up left and right i say i keep saying Let's go back to the future. Apprenticeship. Mm. Mm. Apprenticeship. That was what we were doing before our so-called civilized friends came to tell us we are not civilized, so we should now become uncivilized, which mm. I think we are becoming. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? Mm. Apprenticeship. You are 11 years old. They give you to this word, blacksmith. By the time you are 15, you are molding things that are relevant in that time because mm. you are on the job. I get it where I'm coming from. By 20, he's married, two families, uh, two, two kids. But now you go to university, get your degree, 40, so if you start a family. But I mean, there is a place for, quote unquote, yeah. white collar jobs. Of course. In that sense. Even yes. that, you mm. need apprenticeship. Mm. In the future, mm. apprenticeship is what's going to help. Like that. Mm. Apprenticeship, let me give you an example a lot of apprenticeship that's happening now where people are not paying attention to it. Mm. 
accelerators. It's just apprenticeship to, to, to build great leaders, mm. CEOs. Mm. So you have a startup, you join an accelerator for two months, three months. They bring experts, they bring people who are actually doing the job. They sit with you. That's apprenticeship. Mm. Mm. I get where I'm coming from. Mm. So if I want to be a good presenter, all I need to do, become your apprentice. I follow you everywhere you go. All your meetings. Or how you even pick your, your, your guests. Your Everything. Music. I'm just following you. You'll be surprised. Within a year or two, I'll be very good. Without reading any single book on how to run a I radio mean, station. By extension, what can even happen is, for example, a radio presenter can have his own course, structured course in that sense, where you can have your virtual reality set on and then experience what the presenter feels and experience on a daily basis. Interesting. So apprenticeship, mm. we, should be, we should look at it very carefully mm. so that we can redesign the educational system to at least blend it in the beginning. Because mm. I know in schools, it is mandatory to go and do internship before you graduate. Mm. They don't do it. And when they're about to graduate, they call some of us to sign something for them as if they did it. <laughs> you're not doing anybody. You are doing yourself. Yeah. The way we pay attention to that final exam, why don't the school pay attention to the industrial internship, which is the apprenticeship they need to balance these things? Mm. We've ignored it. And focus only on the exams and the exams and the exams. And then when they graduate, they have first class, but they can't do the job. Digital curricula. Digital curricula seems, from a lot of the reading, that seems to be one of the things that keeps popping up. A digital curricula. So I, I've said this somewhere that if you print 5 million books for kids, and there was a typo. <laughs> you have to print another five million and redistribute. If you look at the cost benefit analysis, it's not worth it. So you tell the teachers you when you are teaching them, correct the typo. Mm. That's why we can't change our curriculum so fast. Mm. I get in my point because mm. the cost and the logistics involved. But if this was digitized, a typo for real, just change it at the source. Two seconds. All the distributing points are updated. So once you're able to move to that environment, you can evolve your curricula even on a daily basis. Mm. When they do reshuffle for the ministers, then the kids are struggling <laughs> because it's not updated right. in the books, the sources. Yeah. So w digitizing is just the fundamental. It gives you power to now move things around. right? So I don't know why up to now the kids are not allowed Junior high, senior high, they are not allowed to bring smart devices to school. They are not allowed distraction. So we, we, everything, the whole world, the world is about distraction. So if I'll be distracted and I can still learn, that's a good skill to have. Because remember, he wants it personalized. He wants his word adaptive and informal. So if you are able to digitize the curricula and give them devices that we can at least have some level of control, you are saving yourselves a lot of stress. You can update curricula easily. You can monitor their learning behavior. You can see the times that they, they individually consume content more, whether they, this one does more video, what are the discussions they're having among themselves. You, and then you feed that data toward AI. Then you sit at GES and you begin to have real data to make critical decisions that will make you look good. But if you say, no, take out the phone, then you yourself, you can't even digitize your content. Mm. 
So you spend b b millions of CDs printing books every time. And if government doesn't give you the money to print, then the kids, their curriculum will never be updated for the next 20 years, 30 years, till some government come and give money. Just because you are refusing to allow them to use devices mm -hmm. in school, see the cost to you yourself, the cost to the nation, and the generation. Do you understand? Just a simple decision. Mm -hmm. And I've followed this for several times, and I've been told it's not even an ally. It was one director or one boss at GES who decided that, okay, no, we won't allow the Get kids it. to use. It's not law. So what is the problem with us? They'll be using it to access things that they're not, they'll be playing games. So oh, we can control those things. <laughs> ah, come on. We can control those things. You decide what they see on the platform. Right. That's easy. Yeah. Come on. Those are like, if we're telling this 20 years ago, that we were right now, come on. You so, can so, control what they see. From, so from where you sit and from where we are, as a country how 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 do we get to how do we get to that future that 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 you talk about so how do we get to experience that future of learning i think that what, seamless, what i've that been real like what i've been noticing sort of what i've been noticing which makes my heart like feel good is all these coding clubs that are popping up you know makers labs so these kids whose parents have those means and those opportunities are gradually shifting their kids to there. So they go to GES for the GES. For and the then, certificate. And you go because they'll say you don't have classmates, so you don't go feature up MP, something like that. So they go. Right. But they come, they, they subscribe to all these makers club, these leadership farms. So that is the future of learning. That environment, mm -hmm. informal, they decide what they want to learn today. They have cardboards to cut and create new things that they are imagining. Mm -hmm. So that is coming up a lot these days. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my, my son is what one one year and what some months? Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm already thinking, so on your British curriculum and on your GS and on your American and so I don't even know for him. I'm already, so and I'm, every parent goes through the stress. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, then let him do all this kind of club, coding club, organ club, those kind of things. And let me see, maybe his interest will show up then. Yeah. I get him, I, I get him the thing now. Mm. But if we encourage these things and slowly integrate them, because it's not going to be overnight. Yeah, I won't sit here and tell you it will happen overnight, right? These guys are succeeding. They are heading somewhere with what they're doing. Why don't we integrate it slowly? When I was in school, I was in the dance uh, club, right? We do to dance agbaja, bobobo, and things. That's where I learned how to drum, dondo, and things. Mm -hmm. These things, I don't know. I mean, it was a public school. It's not like Maoli Primary. It was a public school. Mm. You get my point? So let's bring back that creativity. I understand the curriculum is so packed that when they start at 8 o'clock in the morning by 3, there is no more time to even bring all those extra things. But we have to bring it in mm. to be able to build complete human beings. Mm. Otherwise, the future that is coming, we will not be a part of it. Mm. And we will always be chasing others. Mm. We can do these things. Number one, integrate the use of technology into the school system. I have access to data that shows that there are more ICT labs in junior high and senior high schools than there are even science labs and even libraries. Mm. Right? So that's quite a good step. Should be. But as as to whether they are well equipped with enough computers, with internet, with trained instructors that can 
you know have everybody experience it or they are locked and only when is your time or can i go there on saturdays how so that alone shows that we can get there mm. but then we have to look this one pleading i don't know who can make this we can control what the kids do on the phone let them have those the things devices. in front of them. Mm. When he's studying biology and they are drawing what? Explaining the uh, digestion system and they are drawing the digestion system on the board. It's very difficult to what? Imagine how it really works. When he has that device and, and it's time he put, zoom in, he zoom even put the device in a cardboard, in his Google cardboard and watch mm. a virtual reality, a tour of what? The whole digestive system, in he, when he's watching, he is the food going through everything. When the uh, uh, pancreas releases the acid, he feels... He, by the time he's done with that, when he's now reading the book, then he's smiling, like, okay, okay, now I get it. <laughs> the card, Google Cardboard is saying, what, that uh, $1.60 Google Cardboard. It takes normal Android phones that you can get for, like, what, less than 100 cents. Just download your creator lab. Then you have a lab. good. A full virtual reality lab. If I want to build a physical lab, that's twenty million dollars. But with less than ten dollars, I have given a lab to a student who can learn what about the heart, can learn about the skeleton, can learn about chemical reactions that are even dangerous they can't perform. So if we do not take that bold step and scrap that law, we are killing this country. We are killing the next generation. We are even widening the gap between us and Singaporeans. <laughs> it is very fundamental. If we really want to solve this problem, allow the kids. Once you allow them, people like myself and other tech entrepreneurs will build the tools that they will use to catch up with the Singaporeans. Listeners, this is unfortunately where we'll draw the curtain on this particular conversation. Cecil, before you take leave of us, tell us about eCampus LLC. What you guys do and how we can get in touch with you because clearly some people need to have a second dose so uh ecampus is an online learning platform uh, it's a mobile app designed to achieve three basic things one we want to be able to predict whether you're ready for an exam or not so whether it's bc SSE, acca any standardized exam so we use artificial intelligence to monitor your behavior through the point system and can predict whether you pass or not and the second thing is we want to provide alternative uh certification let me put it that way so that uh in case you doubt you know in many cases you know you you doubt the grades you got in school because you thought you put in more effort mm. but because you don't have the history of your own learning it's very difficult to challenge them and excuse me to say that that's issues of sex for grade if you don't buy the handout they'll fail you so it's making employers doubt even whether you had the first class for real or you paid for it so what we're doing is an alternative where if you're doing biology you're doing economics in school so sign up on economics on e-campus and be doing it alongside mm. so when you graduate or you get to first semester and then your lecturer gives you b and on e-campus you have c it's okay it's fair it's balanced mm. but if your lecturer e-campus gives you maybe b plus your lecturers give you d minus it's too wide something might be going wrong maybe he didn't buy his hand out. we can investigate those things or you know what i mean we mm. need to have that mm. 
policing because mm. there's too much power out there where mm. they're just abusing people excuse me to say so that's the second thing we're trying to use artificial intelligence to achieve so that if his history is there on e-campus what topics were you teaching that is different so we can investigate and the final thing we want to do is want to monetize knowledge right so when you acquire knowledge we want you to be able to trade that for things like food transport so when you have you learn on e-campus you accumulate your points over time right then you can use the same points to know whether you're ready for exam or not we can then use the points to know whether you had b or c and challenge your grade mm -hmm. right the rest of the points it, it, it shouldn't go something. waste so you can use it to uh, trade for an uber ride you know what i mean or go get a plate of kfc mm. right mm. that kind of stuff mm. so that you, you know say you are hungry or you won't impress that girl for that cinema it's, it's so fair just learn <laughs> just go you go learn it see and your points go to the campus exchange and trade that point for that movie ticket nice. at least me you is this something. something that's available on the web or it's available as an so, app yeah so it's, it's available on android ios and also on the web so okay. you go to uh, ecampus.com.gh one word ecampus.com.gh and then you play around it uh, currently we're looking to work with a lot of intents so if you're interested in education Right, you can reach out to us via our website and then you can come join this amazing team. Uh, let's see how we could. Uh, okay, yeah. let me keep brilliant, it like br 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 Brilliant <laughs> stuff there. Thank you so much, Cecil, for making time to join us. He's a founding CEO of eCampus LLC. Um, a great and intriguing conversation, definitely. Cecil, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. You for so much. We have some more coming up on the show. Don't go anywhere. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. message coming through Cecil you said it's all the change we need in our education system regard to you brother that's a message from Stephen um, and PJ from Bob Estate we've taken notice of your question we will make sure we address it for you and get you the necessary answers um, that you deserve it's now time for us to get into the app segment of the show with Jeffrey Oriokusapong Jeffrey you're welcome Hi, Philip. Hey. Hello. So what do you have for us this week? So um, today I have something for those who have to buy some drugs. I mean, mm -hmm. medicine. Medicine. Yes, thank not you. Medicine. Not the <laughs> illegal ones. Medicine. But may not have time. Mm -hmm. So this app allows you to order medicine. Okay. So let's listen to what the app is about, mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it later. Okay, let's go. Hi. My name is Intim Efriye, the brand manager of Phaloc, P-H-A-L-O-C. Phaloc is your virtual pharmacy where you can purchase prescription and over-the-counter drug from the comfort of your home, office, or even at the hospital. What's more, you can even purchase for a relative or a friend and choose from a wide range of payment options. Get the app now from the Play Store for Android and Apple Store for iOS. Phaloc, made at a click. So, yeah, Falok. Falok. 
interesting I don't know what it means, but it's a very, yes. Yeah, very interesting name. But very interesting, the concept behind it. Yeah. So you need medicine um, over the counter, uh-huh. you know, and you can basically just place the order and it will be delivered to you. This I hear so they nice. have an, a, a unique solution for prescriptive drugs or prescription mm, yeah, drugs, yeah. whereby... Um, so you take a photo of your prescription. Okay. Send it to them. Mm-hmm. They get the medicine, fine. Mm-hmm. But when they come, you have to show them the actual prescription. And then you sign before they before hand over they the hand medicine over the, to you. That makes sense. That makes sense. So no prescription. That makes a lot no of medicine. sense. And the app is called what? Phalloc. P-H-A-L-O-C. Yes. Android and iOS. Interesting. And it's available today. People can download it and experience it. Wow. Phalloc. P-H-A-L-O-C. So, um, listeners, you can check it out. Let's know what your thoughts are about that. Um, it sounds very, very interesting. And so, Palak is um, local, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's very, very local, which is something we like very much on the show. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, if you are out there and you're building something interesting and something solid that actually solves a problem like Falok actually does, please let us know what you are building get in touch with jeffrey at um on twitter you can get in touch with me at oj sapon o-j-s-a-r-p-o-n-g and then uh let's talk send me a message even if you're not following me just send me a message we'll talk yes. there are a few people who do that a few times there's this guy who has very interesting conversations so good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come to the conversations later but it's not time for us to get into your tech and mr entry is here with your tech mr entry a very good evening I, to you good evening phil so we haven't had your tech in a while yes. i'm guessing because you know of the disruptions from afghan and everything yeah. but we have some people with some issues this week yeah we've returned this week and then we have two questions which are i don't know they are related okay Uh, it has to do with two 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 point authentication password issues so let's listen to the first one from felix okay my name is felix from coforidia i i want you to help me to be able to access my gmail account which has been locked for some time now my gmail account has two-steps verification but then i lost the password to the account so uh, i've been trying several times to access the account any help so we'll play uh, thomas's own writer hi my name is Senator thomas for some time i've changed my phone so with the new phone I have now, when I enter into my Google account, they tells me I should, en- I should enter in a different device. I've tried several times, but that's what they normally tells me. Yeah, so we'll listen to an answer from our expert. Okay. Thomas and Felix, the two-step verification is designed to help you easily get your account when you forget your password. When you activate it, you'll be sent a code. That code is supposed to be kept safely at a location or recorded where you can have access to. If you forget it, there's one solution that I'll recommend for you. And that is an app recently released by Google called the Google Authenticator. It's a smartphone app. Download, follow the instructions, and hopefully this will help you. Thanks for your question. 
Right, right. So, so that's that's a good resource from our experts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, what I say is, I, after after he sent us the order, I actually spoke to him, and then he said, if you get your two-factor authentication code, it's better you save it in a in a file somewhere mm -hmm. that you can always mm -hmm. get back to it, and mm -hmm. then have it. And one other thing to do is uh, have have a file for all your passwords, mm. so you can go back. If you have a password manager, yeah. for example, yeah. that solves a lot of problems. Definitely. So if you have an Apple device, you don't have an <laughs> issue because you have Keychain, that solves it for you. But if you are on Android, LastPass has proven to be a very yeah. good password yeah. manager. So LastPass is a very good password manager if you are interested in having one. And also, um, these days, so Google, when you type in a new password, it asks you if you're lucky, if you've set, you've given them enough permission. Mm -hmm. Then it will ask you if you should save the password for you. So the Google password um, is now available on mobile too. Mm. It's embedded in your Android. You don't have to download the, sep the independent it's app. It's, it will ask you and then you go. Mm. And then for the two-factor authentication, Facebook and Google, you can set it such that you don't have to be sent a code. You will just get a notification on your phone asking you are you the one who uh, who is logging in on this yeah, device yes. and then you just say yes if it's not you just say no and move mm -hmm. on now also i mean with two-factor authentication one of the things um is it's first of all it makes your account very secure but then you have to understand that with the authenticator that you're going to download anytime you're going to log in it will request for you to enter the code that has been generated by the authenticator yeah so you have to go to the authenticator copy the code and place it in now the code basically is renewed every couple of seconds for so facebook i think it's five it's, or ten know, it's seconds not, it's not something that you know you can use the whole day it changes as and when so the longer you're on the app the more numbers you're going to see but mm. it's basically a very very good way of making sure that your device is secured or at least your account is secured I mean, if, if you've been locked out, there are ways you can obviously yeah. request for a new um, password um, or you've lost your password. password and things like that. But once you gain access to the account, please, please make sure that you set up your two-factor authentication. It is critical. It's very, very important that you do that if you want to ensure the security of your account. And of course, after that, you can, you know, get into the whole um, authenticator business and you should be fine. You should be good to go. Any others? That's it for the week. That's it for the week. And your tech um, is the segment of the show where Mr. Entry, who you'll be hearing um, give you the his his Twitter handle in a minute, gives us a sense of what some people are facing, some technology issues that people are facing with their devices or with their software or whichever one. And um, he basically tries to get you the answers that you need. But you can follow Mr. Entry on Twitter at OYENTRY. Yes, so please make sure you do that. Follow him. Let him know some of the issues that you're facing and he will get you the answers that you deserve. Finally, it's time for us to get into the trending segment of the show. Okay, so we are about to look into the trending topics, technology topics that is of the past week. One of my favorites, of course, is the fact that tomorrow um, evening there will be the grand launch or unveiling of the Galaxy, sorry, Note 10, 
the Samsung Note 10. Very exciting stuff. I'll be tweeting about the event tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. I'm sure the rest of the guys will also be keeping a sharp eye out for what to expect with the new Note 10. But that is not the biggest story of the week because the gentlemen have some stories that they have for you. So let's get straight into it. So we'll start with something from Google. Okay. And then Google's Google Play. Uh, so Google, Google Play is basically the place where you go to, yeah. you know, get everything from everything. apps to yeah. games to whatever. Yes. Yeah. Who's supposed to be a gatekeeper for almost everyone? Supposed to be. Supposed to be. <laughs> Allowed over 200 harmful apps. Hosted over 200 harmful apps. <laughs> on the app. And that was just last month. That was one month. Just last month. See, one month, ladies see, and gentlemen. See, guys. Almost every month, there's a new report about Android apps that have bloatware, that have adware. Like, right now, I'm tired. It's like every single time, that's what you get. God. If it's not in their hundreds, there's no, there's no month that I've seen. Okay, so this month, we only found three apps that had these things. Mm. 20, 40, sometimes 200. I'm like, oh, God, can we be safe? Mm. So, um, mm. out of out of these 205 apps, uh, there were a number of 32 million installs as at last month. From those apps? From those apps. And then there is a breakdown here. Okay. So, with the type, with the type of app and then how harmful they are. So, over 100 and, 188 were actually had hidden ads. Mm. So, ads you don't want on your phone. Right. You are using your phone and then the ads just pop up. One of my one of the ones that really annoy me is even when you're not using the app, the so ads pop there's up. There's someone in our department, Charlie. She's busy typing her stress. Time. You can't find out which particular which app it is. It is. So, 188 had hidden apps. Mm. Three ah. of them, subscription scam. One, uh, ad fraud. And mm. then it goes wow. on and goes. One which actually beats mine. My this is a fake app, so two fake apps were <laughs> <laughs> on Google Play. They were approved for Google Play. How, how is that first? They were approved for Google Play. A fake app, fake antivirus that had over a thousand downloads. Good. So uh, at a point like this, you get to understand why Apple is quite strict on how on how and what sort of app, app it allows guessed. into its ecosystem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, exactly. on that note, please remember that some people are suing Apple for their apps. They mm. say that uh, Apple is setting up a monopoly with how strict it is. Wow. Based it on this, to keep its people safe. Yes. Based on this, I am praying to Apple. Even if the, you lose the case, please do not release. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But anyway, any any other stories that caught your attention this week? Mo- moving on to something which is quite local. Mm. So um, there was a research which was conducted by the Center for Democracy and Development in Nigeria mm. and the University of Birmingham. Mm. And then they actually sought to see the impact WhatsApp played in last election in Nigeria, Nigeria. That was in May. Okay. And then they found out some very interesting things. So I think there were three three major things that he found out. Mm. So we'll go through them quickly. Yes, let's do that. So first the first major thing they found out was that there was a widespread widespread of misinformation and then disinformation. Yeah. What, what we popularly call Which, fake news. Fake news. We saw mm-hmm. that coming. Mm-hmm. There was a widespread of misinformation and disinformation. Mm. Uh, so most, most of the people they spoke to said there were messages that came onto their phone which were 
which were perceived to be true right. and then they, they are actually false right. but then some actually shared it because they knew it was it, it will help their their, their, their campaign, campaign, camp, their campaign yeah. and one of those were was one which was created that Buhari was dead and then he's been replaced by a clone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty popular. It's very crazy, that but then people are trying to be popular. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Widespread so, misinformation and disinformation. I think we need to look at this thing. We are bashing the main Facebook app mm-hmm. for fake news during the American elections, during the Kenyan elections. But uh, clearly then we, during the Nigerian elections. Yeah, but we seem to be forgetting that more people, especially in Africa, on WhatsApp than on Facebook. Mm. And in the 2016 election, Philip, even our own website, mm-hmm. there were fake stories that were tagged with our website from City Newsroom. Mm-hmm. Then you'd be there Which and we actually had to, is not. We had to be releasing statement upon statement. Now the problem is, I mean, you can't stop someone from creating a fake story mm-hmm. and spreading it and tagging you as the source. Definitely. Definitely. If It's only when it comes to your attention that you'll be able you, to take you, action against it. Yeah. Without you seeing it or it appearing on some so, platform, how are you going to stop that? Okay, so they've brought that cap on forwarding messages. Mm-hmm. What about a cap on copying and pasting? Maybe when maybe it when it's possible has, they see everything you do on your WhatsApp phone anyway. Their next AGM, you can you can join them. What's the I second wish. thing? The second thing is uh, the influence of WhatsApp in, in the political scape is actually growing rapidly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then they mm. found out that they found out that most both two of the major parties, that's Buhari's camp and then Atiku's camp, mm-hmm. they had a very a very vibrant team, social media team. So Buhari had the Buhari New Media Center and then Atiku had articulated youth I like that name. Articulated, <laughs> <laughs> articulated, articulated youth force. Force. There was a website that had branded content. Mm. So you just go there, you can download something and then share. Mm. And then they had they had various groups, you know, groups with over 256 members. Wow. wow. And then, all over the just state. spreading so we just a uh, click they can just distribute messages here and whether there. fake wow. or real fake or real mm. so that was one one other thing and one what the last thing they actually found is that uh, whatsapp can actually amplify amplify and then complement a, com- a candidate's campaign grounds but it can't replace it mm. that's true in the mm. sense that y- they spoke to some of the some of the candidates and then they actually found out that you actually have to be on the grounds mm. and then you use the WhatsApp to amplify to just that. Just compliment. Yeah. If you are not on the grounds, you can't get it. You, you can't you can't sit at home and think you can run mm. a campaign you know, virtually without being there physically. And I mean I, I hope the politicians are listening, especially with our lessons coming mm. up next year as well. These are very, very key lessons for everybody, for for consumers of news, for for people who create the news, for you know, people who write sorry the news and for um, politicians, these are very key lessons that we can learn from, you know, all this research that's available about the Nigerian elections. But then, final story before we Okay, go. so there are reports that Facebook is planning to rename Instagram and WhatsApp. So now they may be called WhatsApp from Facebook and Instagram from <laughs> Facebook. Okay, so actually, before reading the story, when I saw the headline, here's what I thought. I thought we were going to see WhatsApp 
and Insta book. <laughs> Insta book. <laughs> <laughs> on on that particular bookly note, we will draw the curtains down on today's show. It's been an immensely, immensely enjoyable show. I do hope you've picked up a thing or two. A big thank you to my guest Cecil, to um, the two producers of the show, of course, Jeffrey and Mr. Enchi, and of course, to Theophilus Asian for his support in the studio. It's been a great, great, great pleasure coming your way. And um, yeah, make sure you check out the podcast, which will be available tomorrow. Um, download it, take a listen to it. It will be available on every um, podcast platform that you're probably on. And, you know, take a listen and let us know what your thoughts are. It's been an incredible time coming your way but then till next week City 97.3 Accra